Hello! Welcome everyone, I'm Bruce. I'm Greg. And I'm Casey. Together, we will dive into the mysterious world of the hit TV show, Supernatural. Join us as we follow Sam and Dean on some crazy adventures, as we break down episode by episode and have some fun along the way. Today's episode, Season 1, Episode 4, Phantom Traveler, directed by Robert Singer and written by Richard Hatem. We are natural, natural, natural friends. friends. We've got our pal Greg, we've got our guy Bruce, they've got their other friend who's pretty cool. We're gonna spend some time with Sam and Dean, we're gonna kill some monsters and break down a scene. Spoilers ahead. This week on Supernatural, Sam and Dean receive a call from a man who was previously helped by Dean and John. The boys are asked to investigate a mysterious plane crash. It turns out planes are being sabotaged by a demon possessing passengers and crew. The boys jump on a doomed flight to exercise the demon. Last episode, I talked about how I thought I remembered this. Um, I don't think I did. (laughs) Um, Did you both watch Doctor Who? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, there was definitely a airplane episode um, where there was like a monster or something outside the plane. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I that's what I was remembering. <laughs> okay. I don't remember anything about Very this different. one. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever we see the first guy, oh man, what was his name? George, maybe? Um, the first guy who gets possessed and takes down the first plane. Whenever he's in the airport, guy tells him that what are the odds of dying in a plane crash? Twenty thousand to one. Um, do you guys know the actual odds of dying in a plane crash? <laughs> Go ahead and tell us what the actual odds are, Casey. <laughs> um, well, so I, I found some discrepancies. Um, a few sources said that the odds are one in eleven million. Wow, which is pretty high. Yeah, right. yeah. So not well, very likely to happen. Low, um, low. <laughs> then according to the national safety council they had that it was about one in like ten thousand. that's assuming, that's assuming that every death is a one in one i can't tell how that makes me feel but there is a one in 11 million chance that you get on an airplane and it crashes and you die oh man math i I'm sorry, I, I dumped all my math. I can't yeah. figure out how that works. I don't know. Check the episode's notes for the links to some different sources. But So on this note, though, I just have to ask, the guy in the restroom talking about 20,000 to 1, who talks like that? Like He's... <laughs> Not just his delivery, but the... The, the line itself, it seemed like he was in a commercial, and it was just so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Airline propaganda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. PSA at the beginning of uh, uh, the pre-flight uh, brief. So I have, was it, do I have two round trip air flights in my, airplane flights in my life now? Under your belt. Yeah, I uh, I was feeling this guy. Oh really? <laughs> Greg uh, Greg knows my first time. Um, I was like, I couldn't get my hands to stop stop sweating. <laughs> <laughs> was it Torino? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when the uh, when it initially takes off, I was like a little bit nervous just for him. I was like, oh, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> oh man, you're right, Dean. That is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I just fall asleep like a baby on airplanes now i'm asleep before it takes off and i won't wake up till it touches down that's a weird wake up. i've done it multiple times where i'm <laughs> i hate that feeling <laughs> so our possessed guy um takes down the plane by opening the emergency door oh, man. there's two reasons it's not possible like they talked about in the episode, the intense pressure on the outside of the door mm-hmm. would require Superman to open it. Um, but fun fact, they're also locked by the pilot. Oh, like, like physical security. So that handle mm-hmm. won't even, if it was even possible to move it, it wouldn't be able to move until the pilot unlocks that door. That's good to know. So hypothetically, they're going down or whatever. Does he like hit that on the way down or does he like, hopefully he survives the crash and, or is this strictly for when we get to the runway and jump out the side? Right, checklist for <laughs> a water much. landing. Yeah. Oh, better click on that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case I you make this. <laughs> oh man. That's a good fun fact, but also the 2000 pounds of pressure. I'm really glad they added that in the episode because from that opening scene, I was freaking out about how easy it is to sabotage a plane. I was like, there's no, no yeah, way. It's, it's not that easy. But um, according to Brightside on YouTube, um, that's a very accurate description of what would happen. The plane would depressurize in half a second. Nearby passengers would be pulled out and the plane would be torn apart. And if you are alive and in your seat, you would have 15 to 20 seconds to put on an oxygen mask before hypoxia sets in and you pass out. And then most likely die. Well, so I think we watched the same video because I was like, I wonder how accurate this is. <laughs> <laughs> well, and did they have like what would happen if a bird hit the plane? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah, what I watched. Same video. <laughs> <laughs> we'll link it in the uh, description. Yeah. <laughs> so Dean sleeps with a knife under his bed or under his pillow, <laughs> not because he's afraid. It's precaution. Don't make that mistake. <laughs> you know, I I really do feel like it. They, they didn't say it, but. If he's sleeping with a knife under his belt, it probably helps him sleep. So he's probably telling the truth. Yeah. He sleeps like a baby. He knows what's out there. Yeah. I was trying to think while I was, I was like, I flop around so much in bed and I would cut myself so quickly. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. like, why do you have all these scratches? Stick your hand under the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd like to see a little bit um, because they start discussing their difficulty, both of them having difficulty sleeping. And I thought it was kind of cool because it was almost like talking about all this trauma that they've gone through, uh, especially like they don't address it, but they've seen a lot of people just straight up die. Like um, whether you're the crazy, you know, hero or bad guy it has to take a toll on you at a certain point. I'm um, watching all these people, especially innocent people just dying. Um, so it was kind of cool to to talk about that and i was like oh, okay you know i could see it's not being able to sleep because you know you lay down and you're like oh yeah i just saw a kid die yesterday yeah it adds that next layer of oh hey yeah these are real people and they're impacted by what they're experiencing so it was cool to see and they used uh, uh new fake badges homeland security fakes yeah 
And um, mm-hmm. Dean mentions that it'll probably work because it's going to be unfamiliar to a lot of people, which I get. Um, so episode 2005, Homeland Security has only been around for three years at this point. Mm-hmm. How many people have actually seen a Homeland Security badge after the first three years? So That's true. I think that was kind of a smart move by Dean. I also thought it was a, <laughs> a comment by the show about uh, it seemed like it was like responding to feedback about the overused FBI badges, not overused on this particular show, but in general, when people are pretending to be somebody, they're not, it's FBI. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. I thought it was just like a nod to that. I thought it was funny though, that they decided that they needed to dress the part, um, which Finally. yeah, they did, but they also <laughs> should have this entire time. <laughs> well, you know, there's only one thing to do at a time like this. <laughs> Buy new suits. <laughs> With the money that they don't have. Credit card scams. Yeah. I hope it's not that easy to just get into a government facility. <laughs> like, fake suits and fake IDs and just being like, I'm part of Homeland Security. <laughs> Greg, is it that easy? Well, I mean, it's NTSB, you know. Nobody cares about that. There's also <laughs> the... Like a, a temporary warehouse. Like I, I assume when that happens, they just like kind of use a warehouse, not take it specifically to a warehouse they happen to have, you know? So like they, they a overtake point. a warehouse and just set up a... So I wouldn't be surprised if it's that easy, but... So that'd probably be really hard to transport all of that wreckage or whatever. Yeah, even a short distance. So you wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't want to take it very far. I did like that they caught on to it that time and they actually did something about it. Like the security guards started coming after them <laughs> oh, yeah. or whoever they were. I was like, oh, okay, I see there's ramifications for these things. <laughs> well, yeah. And so that's multiple times, almost every episode that they've been <laughs> caught in their lives. <laughs> it is just a good thing though, that uh, they didn't cover the exits when they were chasing after them. So that's, that's right. that was fortunate for Sam and Dean. We all just run one way at them. It'll be, this will go well. Greg, it's just the NTSB. They don't have a lot of resources. <laughs> how long, and I didn't find this answer, how long after a plane crash do you think a pilot is permitted to fly? Just in general. So that's what concerned me at first, but I could see there being a policy for like your airline. But if he's just flying his or his buddy's plane, mm-hmm. who's going to know to stop him? True. I just thought that was really weird. And also the stewardess was up and working. Yeah, that, one, that was fast. <laughs> and granted, this, like, I, I have this bad habit of like I watch a show and let it flow through and not realize there's timing. Um, so the timing for this is two months. It's not like a couple of days. But yeah. Um, that still seemed really short for for having been in a crash, but I mean maybe that's how it is. If you if you're in a crash relatively unscathed, maybe if you wanted to go back to work, you could. My dad, when I was in my first car accident, um, I had a deer, not that crazy. He made me drive home that night, um, oh so I wonder God. if it's uh, it was almost the same. I wonder if it's almost the same thing where it's like he, his purpose was that he didn't want me to be afraid of mm-hmm. driving anymore. So it's like the faster you get back into flying or 
being a stewardess. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like you won't overthink it. That's and so they called flight attendants, Bruce. It's 2020. <laughs> oh, I probably also used stewardess. I think that's where I was taking it from. <laughs> Here, let me add in flight attendant, flight attendant, flight attendant, flight attendant. And now you can just put that in. Yeah. Yeah. I'll <laughs> definitely do that. Cool. I did really enjoy. Um, so the conversation that Sam and Dean had towards the beginning, um, where Sam questioned whether or not Dean was afraid of anything, um, kind of seemed like it was just tying into that moment. But then later on, you find out Dean's very afraid of something and it's flying. <laughs> so happy about that. <laughs> oh, it was wonderful. Um, I think Jensen did a really nice job in this episode showing off his comedic abilities. And uh, I think it, it played pretty well in the episode. So you mentioned fear. The what are we calling this? The, the Phantom Traveler. Uh, it seemed like at this point I start picking up on the fact that like fear, I think they touch on it. They go for a weakness. Was that the thing that they, the demon, yeah. they mentioned that yeah. it exploits somebody's weakness. Um, but on this episode, it seems like we're primarily focusing on fear. Um, so the guy was afraid of flying um, the guy, you know, and whatnot. And then who was the last one that got possessed? The co-pilot, but we don't know how he got in. Um, but yeah, so it just, I thought that was neat that they, I was like, Oh, okay. When you're afraid, like that's, um, so I don't know if that was a metaphor for something, but I thought it was cool. Um, so talking about the Phantom Traveler and um, the demon, uh, Greg, you got anything you want to tell us about? I sure do. So I was actually really thrown off by the Netflix description, which is also from the CW press release. It refers to the Phantom Traveler, and it makes it sound like there is just a specific Phantom Traveler. As you might have caught on, that's not true. Um, according to Supernatural Wiki and OccultWorld.com, that's Occult-World.com, <laughs> link in the show notes, Phantom Travelers are ghosts associated with any mode of transportation, um, so not a particular ghost, not a particular Phantom Traveler, but by this definition, we've already met a Phantom Traveler, episode one, The Woman in White. She was a fan traveler because she's a ghost uh, haunting a mode of transportation. Um, by this same definition, though, this week's monster was not a phantom traveler, just a demon with an affinity for airplanes. So unless you completely bastardize the definition of ghost, we can't call this a phantom traveler. So I do think that they couldn't title the episode Sam and Dean investigate a plane crash and find out it's a demon, but I also disagree with the title and description of this episode. So, I started off researching lore, and it turned into me complaining about the show, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like that was probably a move on the studio's part, is my guess, of referring to everything as Phantom Traveler and calling, like, the episode of Phantom Traveler, um because they specifically kind of reference in the episode that it's not a phantom traveler. I think they, I, I thought I remembered something yeah, like that where yeah. it's like, Oh, well then he's not, but yeah. Yeah. And he's just a disaster demon. I just, I just feel bamboozled, you know, like what if I read that description and I was just looking for, Oh, phantom travelers are my favorite. I like the woman in white. I can't wait to see another one. Ah, oh, it's just a demon. That's kind of why <laughs> I put it on Bruce's bingo board. 
just to throw him off. Ooh. Um, Bruce, I hope you didn't mark off Phantom Traveler because it's not it's correct. Not <laughs> what are we calling this one? Demon. So this isn't the Phantom Traveler? Nope. It's uh, a demon. Demon's still in a good spot. Yeah? You looking good? <laughs> yeah, I can still make that work. All right, cool. Not, good not as good as Phantom Traveler would have been, though. Thanks, Greg. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, along with my notes on lore, do we want to talk about Flight 401? Yes, please. All right. This is mostly from... Uh, the Wikipedia page for Flight 401. Eastern Airlines Flight 401 was a flight from New York to Miami that crashed in 1972. And the plane crashed because the autopilot was accidentally switched to a mode that continued the rate of descent. This went unnoticed because the pilots were trying to solve an issue with the landing gear indicator light. Later, employees of Eastern Airlines reported sightings of uh, dead crew members on other L-1011 flights. And supposedly it was because parts were salvaged from flight 401 for other planes that part is they were salvaged which i find unbelievable unrelated to ghosts i think that is insane <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um but yeah they salvaged parts and put them in other planes and supposedly those particular planes were haunted the airline has of course denied all ghost stories but all the parts were eventually replaced. Ooh. <laughs> so they pulled the salvage parts from the other plane? I think so, from what I saw. That's weird. Um, and there is a made-for-TV movie made in 1978 called The Ghost <laughs> of Flight 401. I have good news, boys. It's on YouTube, and I watched it today. Wait. I highly, <laughs> highly... <laughs> Do not recommend. <laughs> did you watch the whole thing? It is trash. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, and with that, I, I do want to read this piece of trivia, which addresses the entire thing. This is from IMDb. It, the movie is based on a book that claimed to have been a true story. However, it has since emerged that almost no equipment from Flight 401 was salvaged for use in other planes, and no airline personnel ever admitted to having seen a ghost. In the book, it's claimed that all personnel spoke under the condition of anonymity, making their stories impossible to verify. But later, even retired personnel who have nothing to lose say there were no sightings of ghosts. So at one point, the airline considered suing the publisher, but decided it would just be more publicity. And it is now felt that the story is almost completely fabricated and no ghost was ever seen and I say, this guy is just a naysayer. 100% true. Haunted planes from haunted plane parts. Isn't that unbelievable? <laughs> I, I can't get over salvaged plane parts from a wreck. That even if those parts had nothing to do with the wreck, and even if they look perfectly fine, I would never do that. Yeah, that's that's not okay to do. <laughs> it reminds me of like, when you wreck and like a car seats in the car and you're like, well, it looks fine, but you probably shouldn't use it. Cause you know, it's a safety thing. Pretty much everything in an airplane is a safety thing. <laughs> it's like reusing a bulletproof vest. You, don't. Right. you mentioned IMDB. Um, I pulled this fun trivia fact from IMDB that I kind of disagree with. It's true, but it's a stretch. So follow me here. 
When told about the plane crashing near Nazareth, Dean makes a comment about the irony of it. The pilot who crashed the plane was trying to get over his fear of flying after surviving a plane crash. His facing his fear by flying, again, could be described as Hair of the Dog That Bit Him. Hair of the Dog is a well-known song by the rock group Nazareth. Whew! I had no idea what he meant that was ironic about Nazareth when so, he mentioned that. Here's here's my thought on it. Um, at this point, they knew it was a demon. The boys are well-versed in the Bible. So I think he just saw irony in a demon crashing a plane in a town named after the home of Jesus. That was my thought, too. And it's such a shorter yeah. <laughs> line. Yeah, yeah. That, I like that one a lot better. Because I, I, I was like, I can't, because I couldn't really remember what Nazareth was, was even. So I had to Google it. And I was like, oh, that, that still doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so, yeah, I like that better a lot. Sam told Dean that the, a demon would flinch at the name of God in Latin. And he reminded him that it's Christo, which is not correct. Christo is nope. Greek for Christ, but Latin for God is Deus. He even said, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> Just wrong. Like, that whole thing was wrong. I thought it was funny because uh, so it was originally they suspected the flight attendant. So I was like, well, how's he going to work that in a conversation? It, oh, he's he not. <laughs> I wonder, so they probably didn't fact check a whole lot, but it would have been much more awkward saying what Deus or something. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, maybe because it sounds so much like Christ. They're like, oh, okay, it just makes it's easier dialogue. Yeah, I don't or know. just they just didn't research it that far into it. <laughs> I like that uh, Metallica calms down Dean. Yeah, it's like his his like little lullaby. A, l- a <laughs> lot of Metallica references this episode. Um, Dean refers to himself as Doctor James Hetfield whenever he calls the flight attendant to not, try to not get her on the plane, and James Hetfield, frontman for Metallica, which I did not know. Oh yeah, I did not know that. Either. That's my problem with all these. Like I, anytime he says a name, I'm just like, hey, I bet that's a. I bet that's a funny name. I'm not okay. <laughs> I'll know nothing about it. So they're driving towards the airport. It, they're like forever away because they're in Nazareth or whatever. And they're trying to get a hold of this girl. It had to have been so much easier to get a hold of this person. Like there had to have been an easier way to call like somebody else to send a message to her rather than. I don't even know what with it, getting there and calling on a random phone, which I don't, do those exist? Did those exist? <laughs> I think they still do. Yeah, I think they do. Bruce, what would you say to someone to try to convince them to get a message to someone else to convince them not to get on a plane? Uh, I don't know. At least, <laughs> at least call me. I think he was going the right direction when uh, he just like pulled out random names and was like, Hey, they want what'd she say? What do you say to her? She asked something about if it was this was one of um someone's friends. Uh, I feel like you could have made up like a mom in the hospital thing and just hope she still had a mother or something. I think that's what it started. Oh, with. he made up. Yeah, he made up a um that hit, her sister was in the hospital, but she had just ah. talked to her five minutes before that. Do you guys want to do my new segment? It's called "Hey, Who Is That." <laughs> I would love to 
do your new segment. Once again, we have some guest stars who later appeared in some prominent roles on a show together. First up, we have our flight attendant from this episode, Amanda Walker, who was played by Jamie Ray Newman. Hey, who is that? <laughs> you guys might know Jamie Ray Newman from other shows such as Veronica Mars, one of my personal favorites, Eureka, The Punisher on Netflix, or one of my other favorites, The Magicians. Yeah. And then you have our airline guy, Jerry, last name, who was played by Brian Markinson. Hey! <laughs> who is that? <laughs> you might know Brian Markinson from the Mark Wahlberg vehicle, Shooter, a little show called Caprica, a season eight episode of Supernatural where he plays an entirely different character. <laughs> Mad Men, Continuum, or a little show called The Magicians. That's right. Brian Markinson and Jamie Ray Newman went on to both play characters on The Magicians together. Is that a recent show? Yeah, it just wrapped up its final season. But I do also have one more actor to talk about. Our crash survivor, Max Jaffe. Oh boy, I did not get the name of the actor. Oh, well, oh well. Uh, well, he's a great example of an actor lucky enough to live in Vancouver, um, where a lot of TV shows are made in British Columbia. Um, so he's made quite a few appearances on the CW shows. We have Smallville, this episode of Supernatural, The 100, The Flash, a season 12 episode of Supernatural playing an entirely different character, <laughs> Zombie. It's another one, huh? Riverdale. <laughs> And, uh, oh yeah, he was also on an episode of The Magicians. <laughs> wow. What? <laughs> like, have you been an extra on Supernatural? <laughs> We've got a job for you. Uh, oh, and one, one more. Uh, before, real um, quick. It's oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Ket Turton. T-U-R-T-U-R. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, I put down here Scarred Pilot. Uh, it was probably meant to say Scared Pilot, but I guess Scarred <laughs> works as well. Um, oh, the character's God. name was Chuck Lambert. Daryl Shuttleworth. Daryl Shuttleworth. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you actually knew that one. I had that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you might know him from his season five appearance on Supernatural, where he played an entirely different character. Why is this Bruce, thing? I want you to pick these out when they happen. We won't tell you the episode. That was that guy! <laughs> <laughs> Three years from now. Thank you for listening to... Hey, who is that? Who is that? <laughs> when they're flying in the plane, um, Sam at one point goes to Dean and he's like... Um, and this is Greg. When we were back doing the uh, practice podcasts, you were talking about how when somebody's upset, what don't you say? You need to calm down. <laughs> you need... To- you need to calm down. <laughs> so it just cracked me up when Sam was like, you need to calm down. I'm like, yeah. That's that's gonna work. Also, <laughs> it's gonna help. Him. Not not directly quoted, but essentially the sentiment is: you need to calm down. This plane is gonna crash in thirty minutes, so you need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so this show is post nine eleven, and I'm baffled at some of the security slip ups on this entire episode. So first, bringing holy water onto the plane, you know, unless you had a, a priest. In the terminal, bless your water bottle. 
you must have snuck that through security, which good on you, but bad on security. And also when the co-pilot went back into the cockpit, I was like, no, what are they going to do? And what they did was a quick knock at the door by the stewardess. Oh, flight attendant. <laughs> flight attendant. <laughs> and just a quick knock, like didn't even have to say anything, just knocked on the door and he opened it. <laughs> I uh, thought that was uh, interesting security measures. Do you think you can bring holy water on the plane? If it was like, 3.4 ounces or less. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the thing, though. It would be in a container that is 3.4 ounces, not a liter water bottle crushed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good point. So at the end of the episode, we get to hear the message that John has on his voicemail for people to call Dean if mm-hmm. they need help. And he lists... On the number of 785-555-0179. Did you guys call it? No, did you? Yeah. What happened? It beeps at you real loudly, and that's it. Um, but it is a Kansas number, which was a fun fact. So originally that phone number was 866-907-3235, which when called would say, this is Dean Winchester. If this is an emergency, please leave a message. If this is about 11283, page me with your coordinates. 11283 is the date that their mother died. Ah. Um, I have one more thing for lore. The, I don't know how to pronounce it, ritual romanum? Romanum? Ritual, ritual, rich, the verger, the ritual. The verger. <laughs> The ritual Romanum is the only formal exorcism rite sanctioned by the Roman Catholic Church. So it was a, a real thing they used. And you can actually make out the Latin that Sam is saying um, uh, on supernaturalwiki.com slash exorcism. It shows the, the rite and it shows like the phonetic Latin and the English translation. Um, and it even shows like the discrepancies that they have from the show. But I was pretty impressed overall with how much real Latin was in there. I didn't know. It, it makes sense to put something in there, but I, was, I don't know what I was expecting. Right. You think it'd be easier just to make like nonsense yeah. words rather than learn actual After Latin. After the whole Cristo thing, I was a little concerned. Uh, so I'm glad you checked in on that. Yeah. Also, I was very fortunate that they had the uh, soundproof curtains for their exorcism. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that helped. That helped a lot. So, keeping up with the body count for our monsters of the week, um, this is officially our most deadly monster, and oh. I think it's going to be hard to top. So, assuming an average of a hundred people per flight, um, we have ninety-five kills this episode. Hot damn! I got. Huh? Yeah, the way these have been going, that's going to be a hard one to beat. Yeah. Are you are you tracking these? Are you are you making a best of or is it gonna be we're not even paying attention to it unless it breaks ninety five? I mean at this point, why even pay attention to it All unless right. it breaks ninety five? <laughs> <laughs> I mean I guess I might be able to start like a spreadsheet or something, I don't know. Cool. While the demon is being exercised, is that the We'll call it that. Yeah. Verb. I he mentions that he knows what happens to his girlfriend. To Sam's girlfriend, and I just thought that was like, oh, cool! Like, is this uh, 
it wasn't like it was like oh this is still happening and that's why i mean i i guess you guys know why but i'm just like oh why would this random demon know what happened so like i guess they talk you know demons talk you know or dean's right and he just read his mind and was messing with him yeah i don't know if dean really believes the thing that he himself said but it Mm -hmm. is pretty plausible that that is what happened who knows do you guys ever do ouija boards couple times i went down like a dark like hole once because i thought they were really like interesting but i played around with the ouija board like we lit candles and it was crazy and stupid but um (laughs) i remember being like why do they know these things now i'm pretty convinced that one of the person was like literally like going around but uh there was some information that i was like oh this person knows um names and stuff so (laughs) shocker yeah so i don't know but do you think demons actually is that in the lore you think like the demons actually read minds i guess we'll find out whenever we have to dive more into demons maybe if we ever have to (laughs) (laughs) just seems like a skill that would be more important to know like you know what i mean would you guys have jumped on this flight in general, knowing that it was going down, but like as Sam and Dean, <laughs> would you have jumped on this flight? It didn't yeah. seem like it was worth it. Exactly. <laughs> what? <laughs> Let them burn. They didn't really man. have their stuff together. Was that? They didn't seem to have their stuff together. Like they won by a fluke at the end, basically. And okay, let's say they have a. A coin flip of a chance of beating this thing and not dying. It is like like game theory wise, you have two people. You're not sure if you're going to succeed. Don't put a hundred percent of your people on that plane. <laughs> Should have just done one. But they needed both of them there because they had a forty minute time limit to figure it out. Now you have eighty man minutes as opposed to forty. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree with that because it was. Dean panicking in his seat, and then Dean panicking by the emergency exit. <laughs> he got it together. It's tough to say. 100 people, dead. But kill them afterwards, save all the more people, you don't have to die. But they weren't going to be able to track him afterwards. This was their last chance. Well, that's true. There'll be more planes. More planes, more. <laughs> yes, Bruce, more planes will go down. <laughs> You're right. Hundreds of people will die. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. I, I, Just I, kidding. I guess they did the right thing by saving all those people. But, like, that's a big risk to take if you think about it. Like, that's who they you, are. You, but think about what they do. Think about all the people they save uh, at this pretty much once a week, right? And if they had died, that. <laughs> I can't keep I've seen it every week. <laughs> What's that? I've seen them do it every week. I've seen them do it every week. And if they die that day, you know, that's all all those people from that week on are dead because they crashed on this plane. It's really just selfish, you know? One of my notes uh, for this week was that they finally don't know everything. So I thought this was a cool, um, I don't know, just turn of character um where they didn't know exactly what the monster was and they didn't know exactly what they had to do and they had to like 
figure things out a little bit more than like our past ones where I was like, I bet you the really scary, like hairy monster is the one that we're going after. Um, so I just thought it was a neat change of character where they both were kind of like, uh, we're going to try this. Yeah. And they even <laughs> mentioned at one point that that's not what they normally deal with. And they wish their dad was there. I give this episode and eight demons out of 10. Once again, just really crushing it in the make 40 minutes feel like a movie department. Just a really good plot for just a good hour of television. And um, the... I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. It's a good hour of television. The, The mystery of the episode... I thought now it would start to get old of like, what is the thing? Uh, Let's figure out what the thing is and let's kill it. Each episode, they're changing it up just slightly enough that it's not getting old yet. So for this one, it was even, they they found out what it was more or less pretty early. But then it was, we know what it is. It's above our weight class. And um, so I, I really, I do like that they're switching up. I hope they keep it up with not making it too monotonous. So Anyway, that's an 8 out of 10. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> you sound like a great. You sound like you. <laughs> you did great. Uh, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> am giving this uh, 7.5 out of 10 demons. I did bring it down just a little bit since last one. I didn't feel like I had as much of an emotional connection to the hundred people on the plane. Um, (laughs) I felt like there was a good balance of story and dad, not because they talked about that a lot, um, but because the whole phone thing with him, where it was like, Oh, people are calling for help to their dad and he's redirecting to them. So it kind of gave us a more of a reason rather than just helping. Let me help everybody that we run into. Um, It kind of gives us a purpose to have this monster of the week because like, oh, people are need help. So they're calling in for us to help. Um, so I like that change in it. Um, so it didn't feel like it was just like the stop of the week. Definitely a fun story. I love Dean's um, comedic you know, role more. It's just fun to see him, not the serious you know, brother at all times. And did he have a love interest in this one? No. To be uh, fair, I never really sad. love interests, but... Their love interest, you know it. <laughs> it was fun. Seven and a half out of ten demons. Yeah, I really enjoyed um, the tone of this episode as it was a lot more comedic um, than what we've had so far while still being able to be serious when it needed to be, um, which is kind of where the show ends up a lot is more in that um, finding that comedic energy throughout the episodes. Um I think you can feel the show transforming from prioritizing the urban legends to starting to prioritize the characters. Um, the show was originally made as this kind of vehicle to explore urban legends and the brothers were just kind of how we observed it. But now it is becoming more about who these brothers are and kind of what they're feeling throughout these adventures that they're having. And um, think that we're continuing to see the boys succeed and show their competence so every time so far that they've gone up against the monster they've defeated it pretty much on the first try 
So now it's becoming a question of, is this going to be the formula? Is this just what we're going to see every time that they're just these competent guys who win? Or are we being set up to eventually see them fall and lose against whatever they're up against? And it's just going to hit that much harder because we've seen them successful this whole time. So I'm really enjoying seeing all this stuff set up and the way the show's trending. And I give this one an eight and a half out of 10. Ooh, what was the pilot? 10? Pilot was a 10, baby. Greg, what are we watching next week? Supernatural, episode five, Bloody Mary. Several high schoolers dare their friends to look into a mirror and repeat a chant, not knowing that this will unleash a series of mysterious murders. So my predictions uh, for next week, like you said, the Bloody Mary. So I think we're definitely going to focus on that lore. Um, The two main storylines we're following right now. What happened to Sam's girlfriend? Where's our dad? And how do we get to him? I'm a little bit nervous on my prediction of the mid-season catching. I I predicted uh, we're going to catch the person who got a girlfriend, right? Yep. Okay. Um, Now that we're talking to dad or hearing dad on the cell phone. I'm a little bit nervous about that, uh, but I'm going to stick to it. We're going to, we're going to find the uh, person that goes after him. We're going to find dad at the end. Um, I think the demon talking to them uh, about knowing what happened or is, it's not just him reading his mind. So that was definitely a clue to the future. Um, so I don't know. There's an army of demons out there. Um, (laughs) uh, but there's definitely a shared consciousness of some sort, uh, that they know what's going on in the underworld of some sort for any questions, comments, or smart remarks, send them to natural friends podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at natural friends podcast. Thank you to our fans and our wives for continuous support. Thank you for joining us. We are natural Natural friends. I would do a better job at podcasting if I hung up my headphones and walked out the door. So I'm just going to sit here. Wait, what, is that? what? what does that mean? I just mean every time I open my mouth, I start speaking and then like, I don't know where it's going. <laughs>